Hello and welcome back to the Armchair Science Basketball Podcast. I'm your host Asfar and I'm joined by Kumu and Gautam. Hey yo, how are you guys doing? What's up guys? Yes, so yeah, the NBA season 2020 is finally over. It's been a roller coaster ride with the pandemic and everything. That we thought that we might not have a season at all, but then it came and it was amazing. Like it wasn't I I didn't expect the NBA product to be this good, but it was amazing and uh, like the finals are finally over and the Los Angeles Lakers are the NBA champions. I mean, I know Meek and Kumu being diehard Celtics fans are not Quite, it burns. Yeah, it burns a lot that they're at par with us now, but it is it is what it is. So yeah, go wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, they are not on par with us. Yes, I was expecting you to say that about the Minneapolis, Los Angeles, like at the. the it's Lakers. a fact. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's it's 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 a fact. Like okay, you don't see OKC being like we have one banner from the Seattle SuperSonics. No, they don't do that. Yeah. That's Why should true. the Lakers do that? They have 12 titles. That's it. And stay there. <laughs> yeah, I think Gotham or any other Laker fan would kind of disagree with that. So, yeah, Gotham, what do you think? What do you take away? You guys and... haven't even retired. You don't even have the Minneapolis banners in your in your stadium. How could you just claim the titles? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really valid point. But if you talk to any Lakers fan, they don't care about that. So we can have How this discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Basically, awesome. I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm a Cavs fan. Just yeah. to confirm. I like LeBron James, but it doesn't mean I'm a Lakers fan. Still a Cavs You're fan. You're a LeBron fan. fan. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so LeBron's a four-time uh, NBA champion. So what are you going to say, to say about that? What to say? God Conversation is back. He's uh-huh. won his fourth finals MVP. And yeah, more to come. And according to Matt Johnson, they may repeat it again this uh, this upcoming season. So let's mm-hmm. see. Lot lot in store. And I've seen rumors that Lakers might get Derrick Rose also via trade. So let's see how good the team will be. And Davis is also good conversations to... back, baby. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep. So so let's yeah. see. Like, huh. So, yeah, Kumu, what did you think? I mean, I know both of us were riding pretty high on the heat bandwagon, but somewhere down the line, we knew that the Lakers were going to overpower them. So, how did you yeah, think? Yeah, man, I mean, it? like from the time moment Dragic and Bam went, Dragic especially went down, we knew, I mean, it's pretty obviously going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. I'm not using that as an excuse. Lakers were the better team and they did deserve to win it. But then, even like at the moment of desperation, when the heat put out Dragic in that game six, you could see what a clever difference Dragic made. All of a sudden, I don't know, Bam was getting open layups and open dunks. And that's the kind of effect he had on that heat team. But then, like, it is what it is. You come, hindsight's 2020, and Lakers did deserve to win it. LeBron definitely did deserve the MVP. It should not have been anyone else but him. Yeah. Uh, the Heat just fell short. They just didn't have the one extra guy they needed. They had a bunch of good role players, but that's all they had. A bunch of good role players. Um, find the playoffs are always a matchup of superstars. You more often than not, it's a team with a better superstar that wins. And it, LeBron and AD were by far the better superstar than any other player on the Heat team. Due to some um, like circumstances, but nevertheless, they were actually a good team and they deserved it. 
LeBron winning his fourth title. I think this is the best finals LeBron has ever played. The best playoffs LeBron has ever played. I mean, the only match I can think you ever played better was the was the loss to the Warriors when Jr. Smith had a stupid idiotic moment. <laughs> like, but beyond that, I think LeBron. This was the best we've ever seen of LeBron. Yeah, I mean, it's really funny and quite unheard of that we are complimenting a person who was in his seventeenth year, saying that this is his best year yet. So. it's amazing how well lebron james has conditioned his body how well he is still able to produce at such a high level like if you look at all of his contemporaries like all the people who almost who were superstars who got drafted with him 90% of them have retired and the people who are still playing are just role players so that speaks volumes about how well lebron james has managed his career and it's not like he hasn't played a lot i mean he has been to what uh i think 9 out of the last 10 finals so that is like a lot of mileage on your body and for someone to condition themselves so well it is amazing and uh, yeah so talking about just to well- add on to your point about time played he has played the second highest number of minutes so tora is right behind karl malone who is going to overtake any like any second he's yeah. played the highest number of playoff minutes and the highest playoff matches and we all know playoff is a different animal and for him to do all that like that's some like if i don't think lebron will not be known for his scoring ability or his you know obviously for his passing cuz he's got an unreal vision but i think he should be known for his like his strength and his conditioning and his ability just to stay fit he should be known for his availability and his just natural fitness cuz i think that's something that you don't see very often you never see such kind of fitness exactly and one more th- yeah and one more thing about lebron james is the way he has actually adapted to the new game and he has adapted his role i mean when he came into the league he was an athletic freak right just dunking all over just jumping all over the place and he did not have a good three point shot later down the line he realized that the league is shifting towards that direction and he would need a three point shot and cut to 2020 i mean it's not steph curry like but still he is deadly from the three point line and you during the like regular season you could see him shoot shots from the logo man i mean that is insane and that shows that this guy is a true student of the game where he never stopped learning he like there were many players like if you look at melo for example he was an amazing player when you know the mid range game was in the business where it was just that now when the league has actually moved out that's that's what the problem was there in uh, uh, Houston right like Houston just wanted him to shoot threes but he wouldn't he wasn't willing to adjust his play style and what not so that shows how well lebron actually understands the game and understands the need of the game and i mean in a 17 season he actually i think he led the league in assists this was the highest he's actually uh, you know average assist so that shows that he has taken up that role of being a facilitator more because he knows that he can do that and make his teammates better rather than just go and score every time so i mean i can just go on and on talking about how great lebron james has been this you know post season because i mean honestly the doubters were there man i mean me you both of us doubted lebron and the lakers a lot 
we thought that the clippers and kawhi would you know just be too dominant and you know lebron is just washed or whatever it was but he proved all of us wrong and he hand, he actually took care of business pretty well i mean it took two perfect games from jimmy butler i mean absolutely perfect games where he was gassed at the end this kind of reminded me of uh, the you know the warriors the first warriors and cavs meeting right where you had uh, kevin love and uh, kyrie who were injured in the finals and it was just lebron with a bunch of role players and he was just willing that team all by his own and they won two games as well so i mean with the wins and everything that is the team i could relate to so this was jimmy butler doing the same but it was insane how well the lakers actually you know turned out every all of us were doubting that do they have the defensive ability do they have the guard to actually match up with all jimmy butler and all these guys but they managed to do all that and they won and actually i would say props to the miami heat as well they were undermanned and uh, i mean i guess we were robbed of a really good finals match finals matchup because if they had drogic and uh, you know bam healthy i mean i still think lebron would have won but then the series would have been quite interesting right gautam yeah it would definitely it was definitely a very good series yeah so like lebron in game, talking about lebron in game 6 like he 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 posted a triple double playing 41 minutes and look at the lakers like they were able to stop heat in the in game 6 like at half time they were leading like like what 30 plus points this shows that how how defensively how good they were defensively i mean it was just a great game lebron was too good like hoping he'll do the same hoping he'll do the same thing in the next season if they play well so yeah let's see yeah come on uh, yeah i agree i mean like um i still feel like the heat not only could they have posted a better like a bigger threat they could have probably even won cuz ad especially in the last three matches he looked shook yeah. cuz of what uh, like miami were trying to do to him and um maybe if they had more rotation more like more guile on the offense they could have cuz i think i think miami did a really good job in defending lakers what happened where they went wrong was they didn't have that one facilitator on the offensive end like it's either it was literally either jimmy butler or bust for them and you saw jimmy butler was like concentrating so much on the defensive end as well that he just can't do both things continuously for for a whole time and the, like i like we said before a drop off from dragish to kendrick one was huge although none did play well in game 6 but then like game 4 and 5 did really hurt the heat because none was just like taking bad shot of the bad shot and he looked nothing like the rookie of the year candidate he was mm, i don't know it's just that but then uh, i feel like the team that did that had to win this did win it and i don't think any other team deserved it apart from lakers like you know in each like we can say like yeah the clippers were whatever and like if they were into it they could have won but the other thing lakers showed up to the bubble and the clippers didn't So yeah. the Lakers deserve it, and the Clippers don't. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, it's. I mean, I'm still really happy for Laker Nation and everything. I mean, I know, but I mean, considering the broad thing that 
the uh, loss all of us suffered uh, you know after the demise of kobe bryant so this laker team actually felt like they were on a mission that they wanted to do this for kobe like you had uh, ad after hitting that game winning shot shooting kobe and all and he actually even wore shoes in honor of kobe bryant so i think it was just destined and it was just a perfect narrative for the lakers this time and uh, yeah they're 2020 champions man and uh, this just propels lebron back into the goat conversation again and uh, yeah so what do you think where does this stand how you know how great like how much is the difference between michael jordan and lebron james gautam what do you think yeah so like if you see lebron four championships he's won it in three different teams and he's also become the first player to win a finals mvp in three different teams i mean yeah. that's that's a joke like nobody has ever done that yeah like if you compare his style with michael jordan like if you see michael jordan he had pippen with him like he, i wouldn't say michael jordan is as bad like as, not not really into the goat conversation bad. but like, yet okay he's not bad but He, he, I don't know if he's really effective as LeBron. Like LeBron can do it all alone. Like if you see, if you see Michael Jordan's team, he had Pippen, he had Rodman, he had Kerr with him. Like if you see Le- LeBron, LeBron had AD. Yeah, LeBron had AD, but still, he's not. A, AD is not at the level of Pippen, right? To be honest, I, I feel AD is better than. Pippen. But the <laughs> okay, I wouldn't say better than Pippen, but the way the game is being played now. Yeah, AD was he clearly had a bigger impact. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I will agree with you definitely. But if you see, like they they both were consistent, Jordan and Pippen. Like you see, LeBron, he had different different teammates in different seasons in the Cavs. Like Bulls were consistent throughout. Yeah, that's true. that's one thing. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like LeBron, well. his, LeBron in his first season at Cavs, he had nobody, nobody for support, literally. Like mm-hmm. Ilgoskas was old, then who else was there? Larry Hughes was not great. Then there was Pavlovich, who was also very bad. I mean, <laughs> like there's nobody else who was there that great in the Cavs team that time, apart from LeBron. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't he, think he any of those guys took... are left in the league as well now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. That was way back, back, like 2008, yeah. man. I mean, seven, six, whatever. I mean, uh, okay, I wouldn't say I. So I'm going to just come out and say this obviously none of us have ever seen Jordan play so there's no way we can compare and contrast with all this but from what I've heard and from what I've seen with whatever the youtube videos or whatever I've read I still feel like Jordan is first so like I read an interesting stat the other day I forgot where it was if you gave a certain weightage to the um the number of all star team I mean the teams made for NBA all All NBA teams, mate. Sorry, I don't know why I'm fumbling. So, if you give like a higher weightage for the all first team, second team, and third team consecutively, uh, the top four players are Jordan is first. It's Kareem second. It's actually uh, Kareem and LeBron were close second, and it's Bill Russell fourth. So, these four players are by far the best players basketball has ever seen. Like they should be like the so-called NBA Mount Rushmore. and yeah. it's not a question but i still think like but J- the gap between jordan and even kareem or lebron is still quite a bit so you still like give the advantage to jordan there 
and also like you could clearly see when Jordan did leave that Bulls team, they were they were short. Pippen couldn't do anything for his two years, and he just kept getting wiped out by the Rockets. And the minute, literally, the minute Jordan comes back in the team, they win three matches back again. So that tells you about his influence on that particular team as well. It wasn't just he had good players; he had good role players. But then they needed Jordan to be a successful team. They were literally nothing without him. And I mean, like he scored more points, and he done it all in an era where like scoring for like, scoring a basket was way harder than it is now. Like, way harder. It's not even close. Like, right now, we have scores on the average of, like, 110 to 115 per team. Back then, it was barely 80 to 90. Like, if it got to 90, it was a good offensive match or a bad defensive match for the other team. So, all that taken into consideration and got Jordan averaging, like, 35 points every season or the season or the season, I still think uh, Jordan is, like, clearly the first. But LeBron's... After this, especially, LeBron's a very, very close second. Another title, you never know. He might just be worse. But then, like, I don't think it's too outrageous to say LeBron might just come. Like, Pip Jordan to it. No pun intended. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, I agree with both of you. Whatever you have said makes sense. I would just say that uh, Jordan had the privilege of playing with better players. I mean, he had a better management. He also had a legendary head coach, Phil Jackson. Exactly. He was a legendary head coach. Yeah. So. What a le- yeah, but oh, that, that doesn't mean like LeBron played at Wade and Bosch in Miami. Yes, yes. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not. Eric Sposta is a good coach, but he's not at a legendary level like Greg Popovich or Jerry Sloan or even Phil Jackson. He's a good coach, yeah, but, but not yet. Yeah, but also as to LeBron's greatness, like he, even in his Lakers team, like when he went back and heard certain things that uh, Jared Dudley was saying, like it was literally LeBron and Rondo breaking down film and coaching the team and telling them what to do in certain moments. And that's what's really great about LeBron. He's probably the smartest um, basketball player to have ever lived, barring Rondo, who obviously has issues on the ego side of all that, but. I mean, that's another point for LeBron's greatness. But then again, like, it's two different errors. So it's really hard to complain. Like, LeBron's error was made much, more, much, much more easier for the sake of scoring. And Jordan's error was more hard-hearted. And you never know. Like, LeBron might not have lasted this long because of the amount of people were getting hit back in that era. Like, you were getting whacked. You were getting clotheslined every time you went for a layup. <laughs> and that just, just, that just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, uh, that is true. What I wanted to say was uh, the Bulls in general had a better front office. I mean, the way they were actually able to tool around Jordan in his, like, after his initial failures, they were actually able to get a decent team, a really good team. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So when you compare the finals losses, like, that's what most people have heard say that, oh, LeBron has won six out of six, but you look at LeBron James, he has lost six and all that. I mean, you. Michael's won six out of six. Yeah, Michael has won six out of six, and LeBron has won what? Four out of nine? I'm not sure exactly. Four out of something like that. Four out of ten. ten. Yeah, four out of ten. So people just hold that against him, but that actually, in a way, speaks to the greatness of LeBron James because he has. Because he's made it that ten times. He has, and some of those times he has literally dragged those teams, those teams with legit no all stars, just a bunch of role players. He with a sheer willpower and his just his inhumane 
playmaking i don't know whatever he does but he has dragged some of those cavs team through the finals and that is incredible so that i mean that's what i look at it from because reaching a finals is not easy hell you look at the clippers as well 50 years have not been able to get out the second round they the haven't made a conference finals for the entire franchise they haven't even made it to the conference finals LeBron James alone has more finals appearances than I think around 26 or 27 other franchises. The possi- and there was one more stat which I read that the percentage of LeBron James reaching the conference final is more than I think the Clippers have of winning a NBA match. I mean, that's how insane it is. and that's how amazing and that's how consistent lebron james has been and the one season where he was not able to reach the finals was when he got injured the, mo- the first most significant injury of his career so yeah that's a different thing so my main thing is yes i still feel michael jordan is better is still the goat when you look at you know if you just compare he i think has uh, more mvps than lebron he has obviously more finals mvps than lebron he has uh, one defensive player lebron hasn't and uh, yeah and i think he's one of the few players to actually win all the major you know individual accolades there are he has won yeah. titles and all scoring champion as well exactly so all these things yes this supersede lebron so and yeah if you look at lebron's career entirely when he went to you know miami he actually came out as a villain and he became one of the most hated players in the entire you know league and what not and then he failed but then he revamped and then he became better but then again he lost so yeah your point of saying that yes he was surrounded by you know uh, two all time great players in wade and bosh yes those things actually at that point of time people were like yes lebron can never be as great as michael jordan but then even after that the way he has progressed i feel that the last 4 years i mean the last 3 years he was with the cavs the teams which he has been able to drag to the finals i mean the first stint where without kyrie and love he was able to snatch two games i think at a point they were up to yeah. right gautam they were up to one yeah, yeah they were up to one yes exactly so without your two all stars if you are up to one that speaks volumes about how great i think the second best player on the team was what matthew delavadova i guess yeah so, delavadova yeah. yes exactly the jr smith man come on yeah <laughs> no 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 not jr smith definitely not him <laughs> yeah and then the next year coming back from the 3-1 deficit that chased down block one of the most iconic finals moments ever and then after that kyrie leaving i don't know i think the next year they get kd uh, back did- yeah yeah Yeah, I think that, yeah, Kyrie left the year after. Kyrie left after the 2017 NBA final. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he was just running into this juggernaut which was the Golden State Warriors, but and then again, all his career everyone was telling him that he's always been in the Western Eastern Conference which is easier, you know, he hasn't played against actual competition in the West, that's why he can cruise to the finals every time. He came to the West this time. He dominated he took care of business and he won so ironically yeah. though but this time i actually feel like the east was stronger just as he left <laughs> um was it though i mean i still 
No, I I mean you take Milwaukee, Miami, or Toronto and Celtics over barring Lakers, any other team in the West. Yeah, I think I mean, um, but if you look at the total strength of the East, like even the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, I but the top end is extremely stronger the East. Yeah, I mean it's not. I I still feel it's balanced. Like the top four. Like you saw how well Miami folded against the undermanned Miami. I mean, a Miami team, and uh, Toronto was not Toronto. I mean, they didn't have Kawhi, so this time we could feel the difference. So no, I still feel the West was way more, way better, honestly. Way better. Uh, like if you consider the top four teams, you have the Lakers, you have the Clippers, uh, Denver, okay. and. Uh, So you think that Denver would have beaten any of those teams? Because I'm pretty sure if I asked you this before the first round, no one would have had Denver. Yeah, but yeah, now I have the benefit of hindsight, right? Now I know how the things played out. I know how well Murray played. I know how well Jokic played. I know how well those the Denver team actually. So you still won. think Denver would have beaten, like, say, even a Milwaukee or even a Heat or the Celtics? Yeah, I think they could have beaten Milwaukee because Milwaukee they could have. Uh, Celtics, I doubt. Toronto, I think they could have. And no, see, I, I think we're just getting stuck in a moment here. Just because Milwaukee lost to the Heat, you're clearly underrating them now. No, I feel Toronto because... without Kawhi is better. They still, they were still really good. They still made it to the. They were extremely good. Yeah, they were good, but again, I mean, look at that look... improvement of Pascal Siakam. He, from a most improved player, he became an All Star. Yeah, but then in the in the what do you call? The playoffs, he didn't play as well as people expected him to. That was a problem with yeah, this. Yeah, but the others true, did. True, um, yeah. You had Van Vliet and you had Lowry who were killing it. Yeah, again, so they there were players on that side killing it as well. But if you look at the other side of the spectrum, you had Jokic, you had Murray, you had Porter Porter Junior, and you had all these other players like Porter Junior didn't do anything. He had one big shot the entire playoffs. He was, I mean, he was giving them ten to fifteen points. I mean, that's good from a bench player, right? In three matches, <laughs> he was. I still feel the Jazz are a better team than the Nuggets for some reason. Who? Jazz? The, the Jazz. The Jazz. Jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, probably. Okay. I feel like as well. Like if they just manage, like if they had Bogdanovich, then I think they could have yeah. beaten the Nuggets. Honestly that's speaking, because that's all they needed. They just needed another ball handler, another playmaker. But I think you're digressing too much. Let's just move on with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, ah, so we're talking about the goat conversation. So yeah, I feel that LeBron is there, but he still has a couple of steps to climb. But uh, there was one thing. Yeah, and there was one thing which I read online, which was amazing. That actually there is no point of having this discussion with you know people who have already made up their minds because if a person is a diehard LeBron fan, he is. Already convinced that LeBron is the goat, but if you talk to yeah. any person who is a diehard Jordan fan or a person who has actually grown up in the '90s watching LeBron or watching Jordan, he is never going to change his mind, no matter how many championships LeBron wins. So I mean, <laughs> that's one thing which you—it's just there that people are just not going to change their minds. Yeah, so. I mean, it brings you back to this whole point of nostalgia for your from your era, like. Yeah. I don't blame them to be honest cuz if for some if I grew up watching Jordan then I would obviously pick Jordan over them cuz like when you're a kid 
Like he was the kind of player that attracted you to the sport and brought you in, made you sit up late night watch all this with in awe. And yeah, definitely for someone like Gotham, that's what LeBron's doing to him now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's true. It, that's true. Each player has their own impact. All we can say is this is LeBron's era and that was Jordan's era. That's definitely true. Yeah. And and the best part is LeBron is still not so showing any signs of slowing down. I mean, I think he can still play for like three years at this pace, and they can be. Another Come on, I've seen posts that he might play with the son in the NBA. <laughs> and you know what the scariest part about that is? I, I think this is the worst this Lakers team is ever going to look. Like all those trade rumors, Gotham just mentioned in the beginning. If even one of those go through, they're going to be better. AD is obviously going to be better. Yeah. Um, Kuzma, I don't know what's happening with Kuzma, but you can expect Caruso to at least be a little bit better, and they still can make a couple of moves that make them a lot better. So yeah, definitely. I think this iteration of this Lakers team is probably the worst, and I think they're just going to be better next year. Yeah, and uh, can we just have a quick shout out to KCP because he balled out. I mean, he actually played really well in the finals, and you know he was actually providing that really good bench support. Which you know LeBron and AD needed hitting timely KCP shots. KCP started. Yeah, KCP, KCP started. Yeah, I mean that's what I meant. Apart from LeBron and AD, another person who could actually give them buckets. It was, I mean, everyone expected Kuzma to be that guy, but KCP actually stepped up and hit a lot of shots, and uh, that actually helped a lot. I feel, right? Yeah, I agree. But I think more than KCP, it was Rondo, right? Yeah, you can see the second Rondo came back. Rondo is yeah. by far clearly their third best player. Like he yeah, was handling things when LeBron's off court. He was like literally like the floor general doing all kinds of stuff. Even when LeBron was on the court, he was dictating plays. And like if you like watch the match closely and heard the audio, like so I was watching an online stream because I was too lazy to get off my bed and walk to my TV. <laughs> so there were certain streaming services where they did not have the annoying background artificial fan noises. And in those streams, you could clearly hear Rondo was the one calling defensive plays. He was the one telling people to go to places, even LeBron. He was the yeah. one commanding the whole team on defense and at times on the offense. So like, like that really took a huge weight of LeBron's shoulders. Like, because usually that's what LeBron's doing. And the yeah. fact that he had Rondo to do all that, like that was a huge bonus for them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so the season is over, and now because the Lakers, like the Lakers, have won, so it's celebration for them. But for all the other teams who were title contenders, it's back to the drawing board, and you know, trying to fix what they messed up previously. And the team at the top of the, you know, uh, uncertainty. Table would be the Los Angeles Clippers, who I think just hired Tyron Lue for a five-year deal. I guess. So, what do you think of that move? Yeah, come on. I honestly don't know what I think of that move. <laughs> uh, the only time Tyron Lue was successful when he was when he had LeBron with him, mm-hmm. and we all know we just spoke about LeBron's genius as a basketball savant. Like, there's no one has who's ever been. Even close to being as smart as him as a basketball player, maybe you can have like Larry Bird in there or someone. I don't know, but LeBron's probably the smartest. So I mean, and it clearly says like he was probably the one drawing plays and playing tactics. And even in that Cavs team, it was more of an ISO ball. Like 
LeBron would ISO or Kyrie would ISO or it'd be a Kevin Love low post ISO or a Tristan Thomas low post ISO or whatever. So I don't think there was any tactically, anything for Tyrone to be done tactically. I mean, there are things for the coach to do, but then uh, I really don't know because he doesn't have that LeBron character in his team. The problem with the Clippers team is there are no leaders and Doc Rivers are literally the only leader in a team and now they lost him. Yeah. So, um, Paul George is Paul George. He's never going to be a leader. He, he, he just doesn't have that mentality in him. Kawhi is probably the quietest player in the league. You're, not, you're never going to hear him like say anything. Yeah. Um, you expect this kind of, um, you know, the player to push people up. You know, like that Marcus Smart effect. You expect that from Pat Bev. But then, like, is anyone going to respect Pat Bev in that dressing room? No one yeah. knows. Yeah. And then Lou Williams, Marcus Morris, they aren't tough. They aren't like leadership kind of players. So they really need to like make some moves this offseason. I think they should just trade the entire team, maybe just keep Paul George, Kawhi, and see what they get back. And they need to make a lot of moves, to be honest. Yeah. Like even beyond their coaching changes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Gautam? Your views? Uh, yeah, interesting. Let's see how how he how well he does with the Clippers. Like if you see, in the, when he was the head coach for the Cavs, he they were on he was only winning games when LeBron was there. No LeBron, no wins. Like literally, he doesn't know what to do when LeBron is not there on the court. Yeah. So let's see. Like like what Kumu said. Like Clippers don't have a leader, so it'll be interesting to see what he does with the team. And now I be, I believe they have uh, they have hired Chauncey Billups as their assistant coach, so yeah. let's see how will they do. Yeah, that's that's actually a uh, that's actually a fact. Oh, yeah, he's the he's a Tyrone Lewis assistant. Okay, that's yep. I I wasn't aware of that. So, huh? Again, yeah, even I I agree with both of you. I mean, Tyrone Lewis was never known to be a really good coach. I think the main reason why he has been bought here is, you know, I think to manage egos, uh, because that's kind of one thing which he did really well. I think with the Cavs, not really well. I mean, okay, he actually got Kyrie, LeBron, and you know, love, not love, but all the but other people. Here's the thing: there are no egos in the Clippers team. They all just want to be second fiddle apart from Kawhi. Uh, I think there was. I mean. Uh, you look at Pat Bev. Uh, I think there was this article which I read where uh, Pat Bev, Lou, and uh, I think all these other guys were actually not. You know, they didn't like that uh, Kawhi was missing practices. He used to come late for practices. He used to just sit out games and all those things. So I think there was a lot of tension brewing within the team, uh, which, I mean, that's what it seems like. There was absolutely no chemistry with the team. That was clearly evident. And uh, yeah, yeah, so maybe, yeah, so maybe that's one thing why Tyron Lue has been bought in, and I think hiring Chauncey Billups is a good move because he is actually a pretty good, smart uh, basketball, you know, figure, and he actually knows his stuff. And maybe he can be that, you know, leader or that person who can actually bring the team together, who everyone looks up to, because he has, you know. That respect and you know that bravada, if you can, if I can say that. So, but yeah, the team would need a lot of revamping. I don't think they can do a lot with their core. I mean, if they can just add a lot, I mean, I think the main thing they need is a playmaker. 
because they don't actually have a true point guard in my opinion uh that's what happened i mean in the post season i feel that they were relying i mean kawai as great as a player he is he is in a playmaker and even paul george i mean he he anyway was com- a complete shell of himself and and you need a point guard i mean this you you in a basketball team you need someone to run plays you need someone to slow down the offense someone to facilitate get everyone involved and kawai and pg won that people and pat bev was there mostly because of a defensive you know that thing so that is one whole yeah, he's no playmaker yeah <laughs> so yeah that's one hole which they really need to fix and uh, yeah and i think they need to get some big defense like they need to get some bigs to help them defensively because yeah zubach was pretty good but talk never played him as much as he was supposed to and montrez was just getting killed by uh, ad and again if you look at the competition they would be facing you have ad you have jokic you have all these really skilled centers and you need someone to guard them so if they actually are expecting to repeat they like to actually get back into the championship uh, this thing contention they would need a big man who can actually defend these guys yeah and uh, okay so that's about the clippers uh, now let's go down to houston where their gm i mean we knew that their head coach uh, left and turns out even the gm left darrell molly left the houston rockets so now whom do they pick first do they pick a gm to hire the coach or what do they do now so the rockets are in a complete mess what do you think of oh uh, i mean we all honestly saw this coming since mori had a tweet about china and that apparently costed the nba almost upwards of like 400 million dollars yeah but and also like mori has been in rockets too since 2007 and like and the new owner tilman fatita he just walked in and he's uh, mori was never fatita's guy but then that doesn't like you know go against the fact that mori was probably the best gm for his duration over here like Definitely. he just built a team that has literally been in the playoffs every season he's been here and like even if you go like he's been like making insane trade after insane trade like he's made more trades than any gm over the last 10 years <laughs> which is a testament to his thing and he was probably one of the pioneers towards like the analytics approach to basketball yeah definitely um, so like like i think mori was probably like the best gm and apparently that doesn't seem like he's coming back and that's truly really sad in a way you know so but then again like i don't know man like i feel like some team should hire him like the sixers if the sixers got Daryl Morey they'd instantly win the title that's how i feel like there is like i don't think there's any team in the league right now that mori wouldn't like propel to the playoffs instantly like even if he had to like go down to like which is the most short team like now like the charlotte hornets Like if he had to go to the Hornets, like he would instantly make them one of the best team. And like if we consider like the first team he inherited when he was as the manager, he made a couple. He made a trade for Shane Battier and giving away um what's his name Rudy Gay, and everyone let's like killed him for a team because Battier was a role player, a middling role player, not just any role player. 
And Rudy Gay was considered the next biggest star, like an insanely good two-way player. But what happened after that? Shane Barry had all-star season and he was insanely good. Yeah. And it's testament to Maury's, like, you know, analytical approach to, like, finding players. Like, his first team, like, if you watch a team, they made a second round of the playoffs and they had players like Ron Artest, who was aging at time, Shane Barry. They had Kyle Lowry, who just been drafted. They had um, Chuck Hayes, Aaron Brooks. They had Yao Ming, who literally played 48, not 40, they played like two hours the entire season. And they had Tracy McGrady, who played three hours the entire season. Like those two are star players. And without them, you make the playoffs and you make the second round. Like, yeah. I think, um, I don't think Maury's going to miss the NBA because he's smart. He has a whole thing called the Sloan Conference with MIT going on. So he's got his own life. I think the NBA is going to miss Maury. Yeah. That's kind of sad. Yeah, that's definitely true. What do you think, Gautam? Yeah, it was a shock. The news came to a shock to all of us about him stepping down as a coach. I mean, like, look at him. Like, like just like what Kumut said, like, he made he made most the most number of trades in the past 10 years than any other GM. I mean, the best was, like, when he got in, uh, what do you say, when he traded away Dwight Howard in 2016 and then got in young players like Capella and all. I mean, yeah. that was when Harden was getting into his prime. And that's when the Rockets actually started doing was so well. Like with Harden, and yeah. like be- oh, before also, that, like how you have to mention the Harden trade, which is considered like actually one of the best trades made this this decade because yeah, that's yeah, literally what he made Houston what they are right now. And you know what? If it wasn't for Chris Paul's hamstring, he might have just won them a title, like because they were killing Golden State in one series, and they didn't have LeBron and Kyrie or whatever. It was just Harden and, and Chris Paul. So, I mean, he has done a lot of good things for his team, and. I honestly think they have no direction now because not only do they have, they don't have any GM or coach. Now they are just stuck with Harden's contract and Westbrook's contract. So, like, I think the only way for Rockets now is down. Man. They're they're done. They're done. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, um, Daryl Morey was amazing. I mean, uh, he I think has to be one of the most ballsy GMs because. In an era where Golden State actually had a complete, you know, they got KD. So, it was a complete juggernaut. They were a legit super team with four all-stars and everything. Most GMs and most teams, I think, just thought, okay, fine, let's just ride this wave out. I think let's just not be that great. Pile up on picks or whatever for the next two, three years. And then when the Warriors fade out, that's when we start building. But Maury, on the other hand, went all in, traded for Chris Paul. He was like, I don't care if there's a super team elsewhere. I'm going to build my own super team here. And he was so close to actually accomplishing that. Just one hamstring away from actually winning. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. And right now, I feel the Rockets are screwed. Their cap situation is really bad. They have an owner who doesn't like spending a lot of money. There's a, they don't have a lot of contracts which they can actually flip for anything at all. And they are, and they don't have a coach who actually, they don't have the coach and the GM who actually envisioned the small world lineup. So now they would actually have to bring in two new people and then ask them to make do with whatever they have. And that would be really, really difficult. So, I just feel sorry for the Rockets. I mean, two years 
like two two years back they were legit contenders and all of us thought that yes the golden state warriors could be defeated because how well you know Houston played but it's just i i wouldn't say it's bad gm moves by mori because he made the correct moves and he was actually able to flip i mean at the time which felt like a really bad chris paul contract for a really good russell westbrook i mean it's not his fault that it didn't pan out but i mean it did look good on paper and it did do well in the regular season but again you can it's westbrook man you can't predict anything when it comes to this so i mean the rock also like there. that didn't seem like a dad mori trade it seemed more like hard in pushing for it and tillman fatita just being like oh yeah a westbrook is super what could go wrong cause Yeah. Westbrook is a kind of player that goes literally goes against every single principle that Daryl Morey lives by, and yeah. there's no way he would trade for him. Yeah, I mean that's that 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 makes a lot of sense too. But they did make the trade, and imagine if they weren't happy. Imagine if Chris Paul was there with this team and played as well as he did. We we would have been having a different conversation right now. But again, all those are ifs and buts which we don't have any control over. And uh, yeah, I think this was a really fun podcast. And the NBA season is over, but our podcast isn't. And we'll continue to bring you NBA stuff. We'll talk about other teams, how they can actually improve over the off season, uh, championship contenders, how they can get even better teams who are. you know aiming for higher picks or trying to acquire new talent how well they can do so yeah tune in to our podcast every week and we'll try to get you more and more informative stuff so that's it from us over here at the Object Fan Basketball podcast uh so bye 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 guys